Can you enjoy Thanksgiving dinner without the holiday hassles? Better believe it. The Pilgrim Sub is back at Get-Go Cafe and Market. Come and taste why it's our best-selling sub of all time. This holiday feast starts with our fresh-baked secret recipe stuffing bread. Then we load it with juicy roasted turkey, melted Wisconsin white cheddar, savory gravy, and if you like, house-made cranberry sauce. Don't wait for Turkey Day to chow down on this tasty tradition. The Pilgrim Sub is only here for a limited time. Get-Go Cafe and Market. Better believe it. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, all of you beautiful people. Thank you again for tuning in to Dr. Low Radio. It's been about six weeks since I've recorded a show, and I'm so sorry for the delay, you guys. I've missed you guys, and I've loved the emails and the text messages and things people checking up on me. I, I really appreciate it. And I actually have been healing the last few weeks. I had a pretty bad fall the beginning of December. I fell down a flight of stairs and landed on my spine. And thankfully, it could have it actually could have been really serious. And I um, ended up damaging three discs. And so I've been healing and doing physical therapy and just kind of getting back on track, but I couldn't work for a couple of weeks. So um, that's why I haven't been doing a show. So I, I apologize for uh, not being consistent with that, but I just kind of needed this time to heal up. So I'm feeling much better now and um, just trying to be consistent with physical therapy. It's not very sexy, but it's it's improving things a lot. And I'm actually really looking forward to doing a show on how to treat pain and how to treat back pain specifically and, you know, disc problems. And so a lot more um, to be coming up with that because I have personal experience with that now. So Anyways, it's good to be back, back on the air, and um, yeah, we have actually a really good lineup of shows coming up in the next few weeks, so we will be consistent with it now, so yay, back with the new year with some great content. Um, So... Uh, let's see, what else did I want to mention to you guys? Oh, so next week's show, we're going to have Dr. Myers on the show, and we'll be talking about her new book, uh, The Autoimmune Solution, which will be released actually on the day next week on her release date, so that's pretty cool. So tune in for that, and we have some really good shows coming up in the next few weeks as well. Tonight's show I'm really excited about. This isn't something I've talked about on the show before. By the way, I've been doing my show about four years now. Isn't that crazy? I started January 2011, so yeah, it's bringing me up to four years, so I know a lot of you guys have listened to all my episodes and been really like just diehard fans. That's just been amazing, and I love your reviews on on um, on iTunes. So I, it couldn't warm my heart anymore. So I just I love you guys and thank you for all the love. So yay, celebrating four years! Um, but tonight's show we haven't done this topic before, and this is on breast cancer. I know we've done a general topic of cancer a couple times, um, but specifically breast cancer we haven't done. And I, I couldn't think of anyone better than our guest tonight. So we're going to have her on in just a moment. But I wanted to read uh, about her bio, and then we'll, we'll introduce the guest. So our guest tonight is uh, Dr. Veronique. Uh, Desanye, I think I pronounced that right, did a little research, um, better known as Dr. V, and uh, she is an expert in, in breast cancer, and she actually has experience with this herself, so we're going to learn about her own experience and how she addressed this naturally. Um, Dr. V has maintained successful practices in the wellness field since 1979. Uh, because of her passion for health and wellness, she undertook extensive studies in a lot of different kinds of therapies and uh, modalities, so like energy medicine and chiropractic and bioenergetics, and she'll tell you a lot more about about kind of her approach of things. But she brings a very unique approach to health and wellness. After 30 years in active practice, she decided to retire and devote her time sharing her personal non-toxic healing journey with breast cancer. Uh, her years of experience and research, she's culminated in, uh, as the Seven Essentials. It's a step-by-step coaching program that she, that she leads. And she is a number one best-selling author 
um, of her book, Heal Breast Cancer Naturally, and her website and personal healing journey have touched the lives of thousands of women across the globe, and I've been really inspired by her story, too, watching her videos, and you can learn more about her at Breast Cancer Conqueror. I love the name, Breast Cancer Conqueror. It's so great, .com. So check that out. And Dr. V, so great to have you on the show, and welcome to Dr. Low Radio. Thank you so much, Dr. Noel. It's so nice to be here. I I really have enjoyed looking at your website and seeing all the work that you're doing, and it's just, just fabulous. So congratulations on putting the word out to really teaching others about wellness care. Oh, yeah, great. It's, it's a passion. I know we share the same passion, and, and I'm sure, you know, uh, you, you, I know, actually, you've had just an amazing story of your own healing, and, and same for me, and that's what brings me into this medicine. So I know we're so equally passionate about what we do because we've seen it just have amazing results in our own lives and friends and family and hundreds of thousands of people, right? So it's uh, our passion definitely comes through, and I've, I'm so inspired by your story. I'd love to hear more about what brought you, you know, at, Obviously, you've been studying natural medicine for a long time, but with your own healing journey, right, it took a very personal kind of turn. So tell us a little bit about that and, and what what happened. It really it really did. I mean, I, uh, I'm a chiropractor by profession, and that was really what I feel was my quote-unquote calling. I mean, at the age of 16, I realized it was a big aha moment that I wanted to bring wellness to the world. And uh, so I graduated from Life College in 1979 and started uh, just sharing wellness with the world and had a very busy practice, um, was doing very well. And then in 1983, my father was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. And at the time, uh, you know, there was no Internet, and so I started doing my research and started realizing that there were things that could be done for him, but the doctors basically gave up on him and sent him home to die, which he did in about six weeks. So that was a really big turning point for me because as I was doing my research and talking to cancer clinics, which were few and far between back then, I really realized that cancer was something that could be reversed. So I started applying these principles in my practice and literally started attracting people from all over North America and, and was seeing amazing results with everything from cancer to autoimmune diseases, MS, rheumatoid arthritis. I mean, all these things were going into remission. And, you know, it wasn't so much me doing the healing, but it was the the, the application and what the, the patients were actually doing and applying the laws of nature and the laws of the universe, and that's why they were getting well. But then in uh, 2004, after being in practice for 25 years, I'm rushing to work, jump in the shower, and, you know, felt that dreaded lump in my left breast. And it was, I knew innately that it was just not a, a benign cyst. I just, something in my gut told me that it was, was not a, a good thing. And so had it confirmed with some non-conventional uh, ways of, of diagnosing things. And uh, yes, it was breast cancer. And so the, the big aha moment for me was, you know, how could somebody like me develop breast cancer. I mean, I, I thought I was doing everything right. I ate organic before organic was in style. I had home births, breastfed my children, was under chiropractic care, you know, took my supplements, my herbs, you know, was doing wheatgrass before it was a popular thing, and, and yet I developed breast cancer. So that led me down the, the path, the soul-searching path of, you know, what was it that I was missing? And that's when I developed the seven essentials, the seven basic 
steps that if you follow, you never have to fear cancer again. And as I as I was going through my healing journey from 2004 to 2006, you know, I realized that there were some pieces of the puzzle that I'd missed. And as I started applying them, obviously, um, through my own healing journey, you know, things really turned around and, uh, you know, I've been cancer-free ever since. Wow, that's incredible. When you, when you first felt that lump, uh, and you you know found out that you did have cancer, how did you feel? Did you have a sense of shame or beating yourself up? Like, what did I do wrong? Could I have done something better? Tell us what that was like. Yeah, it was. Uh, well, first of all, there was there was fear. You know, the first yeah. you know you know it was just like, wow, you know, I'm going to be one of those patients that I've been working on. So it really helped me to understand. I mean, talk about you know being in in the patient seat. I mean, I really felt those emotions. There was fear, there was confusion, there was frustration, there was anger, and then there was like, you know, what the heck, you know, what's yeah. going on? How could somebody like me develop cancer? And so, um, you know, it was just, it was one of those things that I knew that I was going to take head on, and there was no doubt in my mind that I was going to heal. It was just a matter of, you know, how was I going to tweak this so that I could really, you know, apply this to my life so my body could could really heal and reverse this naturally. Yeah, wow. And and I'm sure, too, at the time, you probably heard advice from a million people, right? Like one person saying, you should do cancer, you know, you know radiation and chemo, another person, you should do a mastectomy. I mean, how did you kind of navigate that, that you know, that whole balancing act? <laughs> Well, for the most part, I was pretty private about it just because of yeah. who I was in the community, you know, mm-hmm. and what I was doing. I was fortunate that I had associates and I was able to take some time off, off work and, and really do some, some healing. Um, you know, one of the things that I did uh, was I used the um, the black salve that has the blood root in it. So I applied applied the salve directly to the tumor, which allowed the tumor to to be expelled from the body. So there was you know a time of period where I really had to lay low and rest, and you know just really let my body do its thing, so to speak. And so there was you know of course a lot of juicing, a lot of detoxing, and you know a lot of homeopathic remedies um, and specific tinctures, high doses of proteolytic enzymes, and so you know a lot of things to really boost the immune system and then weaken the cancer at the same time. It's, it's amazing, and I know the black cell that's been used by naturopathic doctors um, for hundreds of years, and um, it's, it's amazing. So, uh, but it's pretty uh, painful, right? It is. It is very, uh, very painful, and I don't advise people uh, to to just haphazardly do it. You know, I get emails all the time. You know, I, I want to know how to do the salve. Well, you know, the key is, you know, doing the salve is no different than having a lumpectomy, really. You mm-hmm. because it's going to remove the tumor. But what you have to do is really address what allowed the co- the cancer to develop in the first place. You have to get to the cause of the problem and work on your health internally first. And then if the the tumor is, for some reason, is not responding as mine was not, then, you know, consider having the, you know, the tumor removed or or using something like the salve to remove the toxic load in the breast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, let's talk talk a little bit about um, some of the myths around breast cancer, because there are so many. I mean, you know, with Angelina Jolie, right, having a double mastectomy because of her positive gene result, and just I think it sent fear kind of across the world, and I think a lot of women probably went to their doctor asking if they should have the same thing done. So let's talk a little bit about that. So let's let's dive into that one first of, of the breast cancer gene. Is it that if you have a gene, it's a death sentence, and you're going to get breast cancer, or can we actually affect our genetic uh, expression? 
Absolutely, absolutely, and that's that's one of the big myths, you know, that if you have the BRCA gene, it's a it's a breast cancer death sentence. And you know, I'm not judging Angelina. Um, uh, she saw her mother die a very slow and painful death uh, through the traditional treatment. So there was a lot of fear around cancer, and she was probably fed a lot of misinformation. But um, you know, the, what most people don't realize is that the BRCA genes are actually good genes. But when they mutate, they mutate as a result of um, natural and medical radiation. These BRCA genes are actually tumor suppressor genes that repair the DNA damage. So if they're, if they're, um, I'm sorry, I just lost my thought. <laughs> if those genes are are mutated, then they're, you're not going to be able to repair the DNA as well. And we now know that our DNA is not our destiny because we know through the study of epigenetics and nutrigenomics that you can actually change the gene expression of, of in your body. So if um, you know you have a weakness or, or a, a mutation in a gene, you can change that expression by the things that you eat, by your lifestyle, by your sleep, by your exercise, the chemicals that you're exposed to. So there's a, a big measure of control because on our genes there's actually little switches that can be turned off or on depending on our activity and our lifestyle. You know, for example, uh, curcumin will turn off inflammatory or cancer-promoting genes. Uh, sulforaphane from broccoli sprouts will also do, do the same thing. It turns on over 200 cancer-protective genes in our body. So there's, you know, there's a lot of things that we can do to protect ourselves there. And, and, and you know, back to the BRCA gene, um, most people don't realize that some of these genes actually reduce the risk of breast cancer. And there was a, a study done, and you can go to PubMed.org and look at these studies, but they found that the BRCA gene actually reduced the risk of breast cancer in many women, especially, obviously, if it wasn't mutated, and that less than 2% of women who have a strong family history of breast cancer have the BRCA gene mutation. So it's it's not a death sentence. It's definitely something that can be worked around. And unfortunately, with the Hollywood hype with Angelina Jolie, um, you know, so many women just started running to their doctors and, and having their breasts cut off to prevent cancer, but they don't realize that it's you can cut off the breast, you can cut off the tumor, but if you don't correct the internal cause of what would allow the cancer to develop in the first place, cancer is going to show up somewhere else in the body. Mm. Mm. That's very, very well explained. I love that. So um, you mentioned the broccoli sprouts. Is that Are you referring to DIM or I3C? Is that kind of the methylated uh, nutrients from those, those foods? Is that what you're referring to? Right. Well, yes, so the cruciferous vegetables definitely have uh -huh. high concentrations of the, the DIM and I3C. The broccoli sprout specifically is really, really high in sulforaphane, and sulforaphane is what is very you know, powerful as far as turning on the cancer-protective genes and turning off the inflammatory genes. Okay, great. So ladies, eat your broccoli. <laughs> so good for you. And Brussels sprouts, right, and cauliflower and That's all right. these kind of sulfury foods. And they also help to boost glutathione, which we you know, we talk a lot about that on the show too. Now with curcumin, um is is it something you can get enough from cooking with curry? Um is it something that um women should be considering supplementing with? 
Well, um, you can obviously use it in your food every day. I mean, that's beneficial. But the curcuminoids actually are not that easily absorbed. So supplementation is really good to to have and to make sure that it's a... There's different patented varieties that really um, show you know, that there's much more absorbable in the body. There's there's one that I use from Life Extension, for example, that the blood tests have shown that it's seven times more absorbable than just regular curcumin or, or turmeric. So um, mm. you want to get, you know, what's going to work best for you. Great, great. And then so uh, so the, the BRCA gene, um, are any other things that we can do to prevent those from turning on in the in the wrong way? So we mentioned the curcumin, the, the broccoli. Are there other things that we know that can be preventative from a sort of a genetic predisposition? Well, um, sleep. Sleep is very, very important. Yeah. When we don't get proper sleep, that actually turns off our cancer-protective genes. So getting getting the proper amount of sleep, you know, at least, you know, six to eight hours of a good, solid sleep is very, very important. Um, just simple exercise, and I know we hear that all the time, but um, this is according to the American Cancer Society, believe it or not. You know, they've, they've done studies, and women that exercise, you know, 30 minutes a day just by brisk walking reduce their breast cancer risk by like 67 or 70 percent. So it's, wow. it's you know, something as simple as that can really reduce your risk. Yeah, that is a huge risk reduction, 60 percent. Wow. And, you know, with sleep, we've, we've talked about on the show how just how preventative, you know, melatonin is for cancer. It's, um, you know, even some doctors use it for cancer treatment. So um, melatonin is extremely restorative, and that's when you heal, when you're sleeping. You're staying up all hours of the night. You're just, you're not going to get that restorative, um, you know, rise in that in that cancer preventative hormone. So very, very important. And sleeping in darkness, <laughs> not, you know, with the lights Absolutely. on or looking. You know, with your computer iPad right next to you. So, awesome. Right, so, getting rid of the EMFs in the room, too. Yeah, yeah. We did a show with um, Amir Rosick a few weeks back. Uh, I guess it was two months back now that I've been a little bit since I've been on the air. But um, it was a great show on EMFs. If, if you guys uh, want to check that out, it was um, all about electromagnetic frequencies and how that affects your, your body's kind of internal biochemistry. And um, very, very fascinating show. Let's talk about hormones a bit, um, something I, I work on a lot with patients in the clinic. And, um, yeah, I'm always working on, on hormone balance as being preventative for cancer. But for a lot of women, they're afraid that hormones cause cancer. So talk a little bit about that and your, your experience with women's hormones and, and its association with cancer. Oh, that's that's such a huge myth. And, you know, the unfortunately, traditional medicine has instilled fear in women about their hormones that because their cancer may be estrogen or progesterone positive that they want the doctors want to suppress the woman's hormones in her body but if her hormones caused cancer then every 20 year old on the planet would ha- would have cancer so right. it's not our hormones that are driving the cancer. There's a couple of things that drive the cancer. Number one is what we call xenoestrogens or false estrogens from the environment. The the pesticides, the herbicides, the um, antiperspirants that you put under your armpits. The aluminum is actually classified as a metalloestrogen. It stimulates and, and mimics estrogen in the body. 
Um, the metals in your teeth, the mercury, is also classified as a metalloestrogen. The plastics uh, that you're putting your food in or drinking your water out of, all these things really stimulate estrogens. And when the body is bombarded by these estrogens, then it cannot properly metabolize estrogens. There's, there's a couple of um, phases of detoxification that the liver goes through. And if the liver cannot break down these estrogens, the more aggressive estrogens, and, and secrete them from the body, then these aggressive estrogens keep recirculating, and then that can be driving the cancer. Um, just today I was consulting with a woman who, you know, was classified as a, you know, estrogen positive, and they had her on all kinds of medication to su- suppress her hormones. But we did an estrogen methylation test. We did a DNA test, and she is not methylating or breaking down her estrogens properly. She has a genetic weakness there. So instead of suppressing her hormones, it would be so much smarter if if they would learn how to support that methylation pathway so that she could process her estrogens better and even the false estrogens from the environment. And we do that with, you know, simple supplementation. And so, you know, the, the good news is if you have hormone-driven cancers, it's not, um, you know, it's the, the mystery and the black veil is being revealed is that, you know, more and more women are starting to understand that, you know, they don't need to suppress their hormones to heal from breast cancer, that they can learn to support the pathways so that the estrogen is not aggressive and can be secreted from the body properly. Yeah, very, very important to, to look at the liver. And, and what was the particular lab that you use to look at those pathways? Is there one that you prefer to use? Uh, I use Genova Diagnostics. There's yeah. a, they've got a couple of estrogen methylation tests, and then I also use a, a DNA test out of Australia that really, you know, it, it takes the guesswork out of what you're dealing with, out of a lot of your supplementation, because it really targets what your weaknesses are and how you need to address them. Yeah, I remember doing that Genova panel prior to going to naturopathic school. And actually back then I was a vegetarian and I was, um, which I'm totally not now. And I've, I've learned that's not the best diet for me, but my, my hormones were, were really out of whack and my periods were like every two months and it was just just kind of all over. And uh, I healed that using nutrition and, and uh, you know, that's supplementation cool. and found that I have a methylation uh, defect. So yeah, those are all there the kinds of go. things I, I also, yeah, I tested my practice too. So it made a lot of sense. Um, yeah, yeah it's so, so fascinating. It's so common. It's, yeah, it's very, very common. And, you know, and you know, speaking of food and how you change your diet, another huge myth is that plant estrogens cause cancer. You know, I can't tell you the number of times that, you know, women tell me, oh, my doctor told me, you know, not to do any flax or, you know, not to eat this because it has, you know, it has estrogens in it. But, you know, food has been around for a long time. And so yeah. everything from green beans to peas to lentils to, you know, certain um, um, legumes have estrogen in them. They're plant estrogens. And we, we know that plant estrogens actually prevent DNA damage, that they improve estrogen metabolism in the liver, that they block the, blood est- the bad estrogens on the breast cells. Um, you know, they increase cancer cell apoptosis or cancer cell suicide. So, you know, plant estrogens are are very beneficial for women. As yeah, fact, and I think it's a study it, done. No, go ahead. Go for it. No, 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 go for it. <laughs> I was going to say, there was a Canadian study done um, at the University of Toronto where um, women who had breast cancer uh, were given 
uh, muffins with five teaspoons of ground flaxseed for 30 days. And who knows what the muffins were made of. You know, they probably had sugar and white flour. But anyway, they were getting the flaxseed. And after 30 days, their um, breast uh, tumors shrunk by 30%. 30 to 70%, and the markers went down from 30 to 70%, just in 30 days on five teaspoons of ground flax. So, you know, something as simple as that. Grind your flax seeds, sprinkle them on your salad, throw them in your smoothies. You know, flax seed is very beneficial. Now, what is it about the flax that's so beneficial? There's specific lignans in the flax that actually uh, converts into, I don't know, the whole chemistry into it, but it it converts into uh, specific um, byproducts, I guess, that produce things that that protect the uh, the estrogen receptors and it it acts like a you know like a, a weak estrogen in that it's very protective against the more aggressive estrogens. Mm-hmm. And also probably the uh, fiber content as well, right? That would also help in the gut with metabolizing some of those ex- excess estrogens as well. Yes, yes. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, and you know, um, I have a lot of guests on the show that, that really promote a paleo diet, which I think is great for, for many, many people, most people in, in my practice, I find. But, you know, I, I try not to get too pigeonholed into one way of thinking because, you know, for some women – hot flashes, they find that it goes away from drinking some organic soy milk, you know. So mm-hmm, I think it, you, mm-hmm. you got to just see what works. And, you know, there's some great mm-hmm. studies that do support the, the usage of of uh, soy. And, um, you know, it, I think the, the important thing is uh, individuality. Everybody's very different. And, you know, organic is very important, obviously, because soy is usually genetically modified. Um, and then just finding what works for the person. You know, I find it, sometimes it can kind of uh, worsen autoimmune conditions or the thyroid, you know, can take a hit with soy so it's very individualized i think but um but yeah food as medicine is really where it's at and i i think that you know obviously use use food to, to heal yourself and um very very preventative um and also using it as treatment too so awesome um anything be so any other foods that are especially good besides you mentioned flax um because i love talking about food as medicine broccoli the curcumin any other real yeah, kind of the, rock the, yeah, the cruciferous yeah the cruciferous uh, vegetables, obviously, um, the Brussels sprouts, the broccolis, uh, kale, you know, all those things. Um, the greens, anything that's really green, because we know that the, the chlorophyll is very binding. Uh, it, you know, binds with toxic metals and um, toxic uh, environmental uh, substances and helps to secrete them from the body. Um, raw nuts, very beneficial as long as you soak them overnight, um, so it begins the sprouting process. Garlic, garlic is, you know, one of the top foods to kill cancer cells and everything else in its path. Uh, medicinal mushrooms. Um, lemons and uh, citrus oils, you know, the lemonine from the, the citrus oils is very anti-carcinogenic. Um, matcha green tea, that's a, a really good one. It's 100 times more potent than regular green tea, and we know that the, the phytochemical in it, the EGCG, is very anti-carcinogenic. Um, something as simple as baking soda just to neutralize the acidity in the body. We know that cancer grows in an acidic environment, and it's by nature you know, very acidic. 
Um, and so if you alkalize the body, obviously with your diet, but if you need a little additional push, a teaspoon of baking soda uh, with some lemon juice and a glass of water 30 minutes before you eat, and then wait at least two hours after you eat because you don't want to push too much alkalinity into a stomach that needs to be very acidic for digestion. So so those are you know pretty much the, the top uh, foods for, for preventing cancer. Love it, love it, love it. So let's say a woman um, has been, you know, treated for breast cancer from a conventional standpoint. You know, she happened to go the route of radiation or chemo, and you know, oftentimes after that, that's the case. They'll they'll be prescribed a estrogen blocking drug. You know, continuing after that. What, what's your take on that? I mean, do you think that's something that that needs to be the case post, you know, treatment? Um, is it because we know that estrogen is so important for other things in the body, right? So for lubrication and uh, for memory and bone health and all of that. So what's I'm curious about your take on that. Well, when women ask me about that, obviously it's it's a very personal choice, but I, I I'm tell them to do their research and to look at these different studies. Um, you know, does it make sense, for example, we'll use tamoxifen. Um, most people don't know that tamoxifen is classified as a human carcinogen by the American Cancer Society and the World Health Organization. If you don't believe me, look it up. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. classified as a human carcinogen. So does it make sense to take a cancer-causing chemical when you're trying to heal from cancer? That's the number one, you know, no-brainer to me. But um, but then when you look at the side effects, you know, the, you have four times the risk of uterine cancer. You have risk of stomach cancer, colon cancer, increased blood clots, fatty liver, impaired memory, headaches, reduced sex drive, um, you know, painful joints. I mean, the list goes on and on. And, and I've actually talked to women who uh, were on tamoxifen and they had a recurrence of cancer as a result of it. So it's, you know, it just goes back to really understanding how your body works and talking with, you know, professionals, doing your research and and making a decision based on sound knowledge, not just on fear and not just, you know, following the path because everybody's doing it or because your your doctor's written a prescription for it, but just really make a sound decision about how this is going to affect you long term. Yeah. Definitely. And and knowing that, you know, you have options. You don't have to be, you know, put into a corner of just radiation chemo. You can look at other options, too. Obviously, you, you did it yourself, so it's it's very possible. Um, so it's I think that's empowering for women to know that. So we know that it takes some time, you know, for cancer to manifest as a lump or, or a, a bump in the body. So are there any specific tests that women can do to help detect breast cancer at an early stage? Absolutely, and that's you know one thing that I'm I'm very passionate about in, in educating people is that um, you know it takes five to eight years for cancer to show up in the body, and so wouldn't you rather know when that cancer may develop be, may be developing when it's the size of a pinhead as opposed to you know the size of a golf ball or a walnut or whatever. And so there's technology out there that can determine physiological changes. So the first thing I'm going to talk about is what we call thermography. Thermography is basically a technology, it's a little camera that reads the infrared heat coming off your body. Your body gives off heat. And so if there's inflammation and if there's... um, 
heat in a particular area of the body, then we know that there's some physiological changes going on. For example, when a tumor develops in a breast, it's going to create its own blood flow. That's called angiogenesis or neovascularity. When you have more blood flow, you're going to have more heat, and thus it's going to show up red hot on the scan, on the picture. And uh, if you find something that's questionable, then you can monitor it over the next few months and, you know, check to see how, how it's going. You can also get an ultrasound or, you know, do other things that are, um, you know, diagnostic that, you know, maybe not very harmful for the body. But, you know, thermography has been around for, for over 30 years. There's over 800 peer review studies that have been done on it. Um, thermography is 90 to 95% accurate. Does it catch everything 100% of the time? Absolutely not, just like mammograms, you know, often miss a lot of things. But the beauty of thermography is that it can detect unhealthy cells. It cannot diagnose cancer because the only way you diagnose cancer really is through a, you know, biopsy. Um, but it can detect physiological changes that are happening in the breast, which can alert you to the possibility of cancer developing. So then let's say you find something questionable. Then the next thing you can do is um, a, uh, a blood test. There's different kinds of blood tests. One blood test is called the Oncoblot test. Again, it can determine <clears throat> cancer when it's the size of a pinhead. It'll tell you if you have cancer and where it is in the body. What it does is it measures a particular protein that the cancer cells give off called the ENOX2 protein. And if it's detectable and if there's a certain amount of it, then they figure out you know, exactly where it is. It's really interesting technology. Um, there's other tests that I use called the cancer profile, and these are tests that measure the hormones and the enzymes that cancer cells give off. Uh, for example, the you know HCG hormones, um, cancer cells will, will secrete those as they're duplicating. Uh, the TK1 enzyme is an enzyme that cancer cells will release into the blood when there's DNA replication. Uh, there's also the PHI enzyme, um, which is a malignancy hormone. And so, you know, there's all these different tests that can really help you find out if you have cancer. And then if you do and you're following a natural protocol, then you can use these tests to monitor your progress every 90, 120 days to see how your protocol is working. And, you know, I will say that's one of the biggest mistakes that so many people make if they want to heal their body naturally. You know, they think that all they have to do is juice and take a few supplements and then their cancer is going to go away. It's not that simple. You really you have to take this very seriously and you have to monitor your progress to find out if what you're doing is working. If it's not, then you can go to plan B to make sure that your protocol is effective against the cancer. Mm-hmm. So the uh, you mentioned, is it onco blood test? How do you spell that? Oncoblot, it's O-N-C-O-B-L-O-T. And all of these tests, if you go to my website, breastcancerconqueror.com, and just go to shop and just put in the search bar, you know, Oncoblot or Cancer Profile, the tests will come up. Or if you just go to my website, there's, you know, I've written articles and blogs about them. But uh, O-N-C-O-B-L-O-T, Oncoblot. Awesome. So let's say there's a woman listening. Uh, she's, or maybe not listening, but she at some point will hear the show. Um, right. Well, who, who is, 
Yeah, who has a recent diagnosis of breast cancer. Um, she's looking at all her different options. Um, you know, her doctors want her to do chemo, radiation, or mastectomy. And she wants she is deciding she wants to heal her body with less toxic methods. So what are some choices that she has? Well, there's there's a lot of choices. Uh, first of all, I would, you know, advise her to, you know, don't figure this out on your own. Work with somebody who's got experience and, you know, excuse me, do your research. But, for example, blood root. Um, we talked a little bit about blood root and the, the, the black salve and how blood root is an herb that kills a cancer cell. So there's a, there's a particular um, plant compound in the blood root called sanguinarine, and this acts as what I call, you know, it acts like herbal chemotherapy. It just basically attacks cancer cells, but it does not uh, harm healthy cells. I mean, it's it's almost miraculous how it works. You can take it uh, internally in capsule and liquid, but, uh, you know, I do advise you, um, again, work with somebody professional because blood root is an emetic. It's going to make you vomit if you don't take, you know, if you don't take it the right way or if you take too much of it. So blood root is one example. High doses of proteolytic enzymes. I mean, Enzymes are extremely important because they they act like little Pac-Men. Think of little Pac-Men in the blood. Um, Cancer cells have 17 layers of uh, fibrous protein around them, so it's very hard for things to penetrate. And so what the enzymes do is they they start eating away at the, the carbohydrate and the protein layer on the cancer cell, which makes it more vulnerable. So high doses of proteolytic enzymes is, is always a part of my protocol. There's um, different kinds of products. For example, one of them is called solicinium. Uh, what it is, it's a, it's a glyconutrient that um, is absorbed very readily by the cancer cells. And in the cancer cell, there's an enzyme called nagalase that's secreted that literally puts our immune system to sleep. It puts the macrophages to sleep. So as the cancer cells are growing and it's putting out all this nagalase, and the you know the, then the immune system is falling asleep and it can't attack the cancer cells. So what the solicinium does is it it's absorbed into the cancer, and it stops the production of nagalase, which then our immune system can wake up and say, "Whoa, look at all these cancer cells!" and it can go attack the cancer cells. Wow. Um, there's can you spell the name of that? Yeah, the solicinium. Yeah, it's S-A-L-I-C-I-N-I-U-M, solicinium. Um, the oral version of it is called Orasal, O-R-A-S-A-L. You can do solicinium IV, and you can also take it in capsules in the Orasal um, capsule. And Great. when you do that, um, take it along with PolyMVA, which PolyMVA is a is a um, liquid um they call it a liquid mineral vitamin, but it's very high in palladium, which basically changes the electrical charge of the cancer cell, and um, they don't like it, and so they die. Um, mm-hmm. Medicinal mushrooms like chaga. Chaga is very, very high in beta-glucans and you know kills cancer cells, boosts the immune system. Curcumin is a huge one, especially for um, triple negative cancers. Um, CBD, you know, cannabis oil from hemp, um, very, very powerful in in killing cancer cells of all types, not just breast cancer. Um, Now, is that that applied topically? Sorry to interrupt. Is the CBD oil applied topically or is that taken internally? Do you know how that's delivered for the cancer? 
it's taken internally for you know for I mean you can apply it topically, but for I believe you know for better results you would take it internally as well. Fascinating. Yeah, yeah. Um, spirulina, anti-cancer properties. You know when when you take you know six teaspoons a day, very very potent anti-cancer property. Uh, we talked about garlic. Uh, iodine, extremely important for women with breast cancer or women in general um, because most women are very iodine deficient and the thyroid and the breast tissue compete for iodine. Uh, we're exposed to so many bromides. Um, you know, Bromide is a, is a um, flame retardant, so it's in all our electronics. Um, our, you know, our furniture, our clothing, carpeting, cars, everything, and so bromide literally kicks iodine out of our body, and so you know we're we're very very iodine deficient, and women that are on thyroid medication are twice as likely to develop breast cancer than women who are not, and so there's a huge correlation there between a weak thyroid and breast cancer. And uh, do you know what specifically D. which medication is that's referring to? Is that levothyroxine or Well, uh, oh, for the medication that they're on, I don't yeah. know specifically which kind, but just I think just um, synthetic thyroid medication. Yeah, from what I from what I think I've read, it's the synthetic thyroid, not um, you know like a glandular not the armor. natural thyroid. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 not the glandulars, but the, the synthetics. Yes, mm-hmm. okay. but you know the if. If they're iodine deficient, they're going to have, you know, a thyroid that's not working well. And so many women, you know, as you know, I'm sure you've seen in your practice, have thyroid issues. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's one of the most common things they treat. Yeah. What about yeah. Iscador, mistletoe treatment or, or injections? What, how is that? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I have a couple of clients that are that are doing that. Um you know, there's Papa, there's, you know, there's, there's. I mean, we could spend a whole hour just talking about, the, yeah. you know, the different types of, of herbal chemos out there. Uh, something as simple as vitamin D, um, there was a, a Canadian study that was done, 25-year Canadian study, and they found that um, women who had higher levels of vitamin D had an 83% decreased risk of breast cancer. So something as simple as vitamin D. And, you know, make sure that your levels are in the right place. Um, you know, don't just guess, but again, you know, monitor and find out what your numbers are. You can get your, your doctor to test this, or there's a little uh, finger prick test you can order from my website. And then you want to see levels between 80 and 100 NG per ml. That's a nice, healthy place to be. And so especially women in the north that are not getting a lot of sunlight in the winter, you know, very important to supplement with vitamin D. Mm-hmm. Hugely important. That's a huge decreased risk. Eighty, eighty-something percent. It wow. is huge. Eighty-three percent. Yeah, it's it's incredible. And, and you had mentioned melatonin. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know, I know. And and when you do supplement with vitamin D, you want to make sure that it's balanced with vitamin K1 and K2, because otherwise you're going to end up with some excuse me, some hardening in the arteries and some stones in your kidneys, gallbladder, because, you know, the vitamin D helps to displace the the calcium, so the K1 helps to uh, move it into the right place and keep it in in the heart tissue instead of the soft tissue. Very important. Or just go outside and get some sun, for goodness sakes. We're all so, you know, locked up indoors, so get it from the sun. Very, very important. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. And you said melatonin? 
Yeah, melatonin. Yeah, you had mentioned that earlier. You know, it's classified as a cytotoxic hormone, and so it literally puts uh, breast cancer cells to sleep. And interesting study found that when um, people, well, actually they did it, did it on animal laboratories, but um, they found that when these um, lab animals were exposed to light and EMFs, um, their melatonin production dropped drastically. So another good reason to sleep in the dark and not to have a lot of EMFs around you. Very important. Yes, absolutely. Get those blackout curtains. That's right. Yeah. Or wear your little eye mask. <laughs> right, for sure. So um, any other ones you wanted to mention? Uh you know, I think we talked about the yeah, the dim and I three C, the uh, the cruciferous. You know, all those things. Um, you know, the list goes on and on. Yeah, I think the takeaway is don't take this on yourself. You know, find someone who's really trained in these kinds of therapies. But the the point is, there's so many options. You have so many different things that have been studied to be effective against cancer. So you know, there, it's just empowering to know there's a, a lot of things you can you know that that you can potentially use um, with a doctor who's trained. So I guess my follow-up question to that is, who's a trained doctor for people? I, I don't treat cancer personally. It's just something I've decided that I want to have patients see someone who specializes in that, and that's fine because, you know, that way those doctors study just that. Um, so where can someone find more of a holistic kind of doctor who does this? I know you treat clients, or you, you know, you work with clients also. Um, so where can they find someone who can help to kind of guide them with this? Well, that's that's a good question. Um, it's kind of challenging to to find, um, you know, a a practitioner that that specializes in this. And, and but there's more and more. There's naturopathic oncologists, and there's oncologists that are homeopaths. And so, you know, it's it's basically, you know, getting online and, and just doing your research um, and and see who you could work with locally. Uh, yeah. I've worked with women in 17 countries through Skype and through email, and it's it's incredible, I mean, you know, that you can do things like this virtually because it's just a matter of, you know, getting the information, uh, finding out, you know, the, the basic uh, information about the seven essentials and where they are in their lifestyle and how toxic they are, running specific tests, which once they order the, the tests from my website, the kits are delivered to their home, they do the test in-house, or they may have to go to a lab to get blood drawn, I get the results, we review them together, and, you know, we move forward. So it's um, it's pretty incredible. You know, you don't necessarily have to work with somebody face-to-face because there's a lot of people that are, are doing this kind of work virtually. Yeah, it's the power of the Internet. You can find someone who, you know, has does really great work who maybe isn't near you. If you do want to see someone locally, um, there is a, a website, Onc AMP. So it's the, it's the Oncology Associ- Association of Naturopathic Physicians. And... I'm sure they all, you know, maybe treat patients differently, um, but they're all trained in naturopathic treatment. So um, the website for that is oncanp.org. So O-N-C as in cat, A-N as in Nancy, P as in poly.org. So if you want to find a doc, um, that would be an option um, in your area. So um, question regarding the the, uh, topic of mammograms. You talked about thermograms, and I've been recommending thermograms for years now. I think they're so valuable. Um, What about mammograms? I know women are kind of left confused. Is this something I should be doing? Is it something I should avoid because it's radiation? What's what's your take on it? 
Well, um, personally, I've never had a mammogram, and the reason I've never had one is because of the amount of radiation and the amount of compression that it gives to the breast. Um, you know, studies have shown us that repeated low-dose radiation causes genetic mutations and increases your risk for breast cancer. Um, we know that, you know, the just recently, I think it was last year, you know, CNN came out with a big study also that mammograms may be doing more harm than good. Uh, another 25-year Canadian study uh, published this spring in February found that uh, women were getting, that there was, there was no difference between a breast self-exam and a mammogram as far as detection. They were the same, and that mammograms did not lower the breast cancer mortality rate, not even by 1%. Wow. And so when you look at all those statistics, you know, is it is it something that you want to risk? And, of course, you know, women are going to say, well, you know, if I hadn't had my mammogram, I wouldn't have found the cancer. Well, that's true, but perhaps if you'd been doing other things like thermography or some of the blood work, you would have found it at a much earlier stage because by the time it's seen on an, on an X-ray, it's taken five to eight years for that to develop. So, yes, you know, ha- have there been cases where cancers were found with mammograms? Yes. But, you know, there are other lots of cases where they were missed or it caused things to get worse because, you know, the compression and the radiation. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, you know, it's important to, to, to look at all that information and not get so, um, you know, afraid just looking at the news, you know, and then saying the newest little finding and actually looking at, at all the research that's it's important. Yeah, it doesn't sound too... Uh, so much of a good idea, I think, for most people. But, you know, definitely, you know, ask your doctor about it. And I will say, guys, and I didn't say this at the beginning, that this this is general information. It's not not a substitute for, for professional medical care. So make sure to consult with your doctor, okay? Um, the last thing, and this is based on, I know, a lot of your personal experience and working with lots and lots of patients over the years, you created the seven essentials and why you consider them really a foundation for creating vibrant health and preventing, um, you know, cancer in the future. So can you share with us those essentials? I'd love to, yes. So seven basic steps, and if you follow them, you never have to fear cancer or any disease for that matter. So essential number one, you know, we talked a lot about food. Is Number number one is let food be your medicine. Uh, Hippocrates, the founder of modern medicine, you know, he, he had it right back then. He realized that, you know, the nutrients in food are very healing and it has everything that we need, basically. So it comes down to this. You can feed your body or you can feed the cancer. You have a choice. You know, there's specific foods that we know that drive cancer, like sugar and GMO foods and, you know, inflammatory foods, um, or you can choose to eat more alkaline and and more raw. You know, about 80% alkaline, 80% raw is, is uh, something to, to strive for. So, you know, let food be your medicine. Number two is to reduce your toxic exposure. We live in a very toxic world. There's no doubt about that. But there's so many things that we can do to reduce that exposure. You know, think about what you're putting on your lawn or in your garden. You know, then take that into your home and, and look at what you have 
under your sink and in your cabinets. You know, the average household has over a thousand toxic chemicals in their home. You know, things that you spray or things, you know, your candles, your, de- you know, your um, detergents, you know, all cleansing, cleansing agents, all those things, you know, so, so toxic. And, I mean, 35 years ago, the, you know, I was using uh, vinegar and water and lemon juice to clean, you know, because there was no no other natural products back then. And so now it's, it's so easy. You can go to your local drugstore and get some natural cleaning products. Um, and then look at what you're putting on your body because anything you put on your skin or in your mouth is going to be absorbed into the body. You know, something as simple as changing your toothpaste. If you look at traditional toothpaste and look at the back in small print it says call poison control center if swallowed now that tells me that it's pretty toxic but you're putting it in your mouth every day which means it's being absorbed into your body so you know little things like that and then you can do things to cleanse your body internally you know support your liver you know do liver cleanses and liver flushes and take you know milk thistle and dandelion to support the liver do some parasite cleanses do some coffee enemas you know all these things can really help to reduce your toxic exposure uh essential number 3 is to balance your energy <clears throat> we're electrical beings you know we're one billionth physical matter the rest is all energy so what do we do to support that energy and and keep it in balance well everything from acupuncture to chiropractic care um to you know exercises like qigong and meditation um keeping your your sleep in check, making sure that you're sleeping properly, balancing your hormones, making sure that, you know, your estrogen is not, you know, too dominant and that, you know, your hormones are properly balanced. Essential number four is to heal the emotional wounds, and that was a big one for me. You know, I just um, kept stuffing and kept, you know, moving forward, thinking, oh, those things will go away, but... You know, they don't. You know, if you don't heal the internal cancers that are eating away at you, they'll surface. Um, you know, I like what Dr. Lisa Rankin says. She says, if you if you don't grow in your life, you're going to grow a tumor. <laughs> it's really It's really that simple. You know, you have a choice when your life falls apart. And so learning to heal those emotional wounds because your your emotions impact your immune system. I mean, we know that now uh, with, you know, with science and we know that the limbic center, the emotional center in the brain is, is um, you know, directly attached to the hypothalamus pituitary glands which affect our, our immune system. And so you've got to learn how to be happy. You've got to learn how to manage your stress. You've got to learn to love yourself, love others, release the anger. You know, that's a huge part of healing, healing your your physical body because if you keep doing the things you've always done, you're going to get the same results. So you've got to heal the the emotional wounds. Number 5 is to embrace biological dentistry. Um you know, the the teeth are such an integral part of our health. Um, they're connected to all our organs through the acupuncture meridian system. So if you have a hunk of metal in your tooth, uh, you know, silver amalgam, which is not silver, it's 50% mercury, first of all, that's leaching a lot of chemi- chemicals into your body, which is suppressing your immune system. But then if it's sitting on a meridian that's attached to a particular organ, let's say the breast, then that energy is not going to flow very well through that that organ because that um, piece of metal is just blocking that energy flow. 
And then if you've got a root canal in one of those teeth, that can directly impact that organ, or it can just release a lot of toxicity because a root canal is a dead entity. It's No matter how aseptic you try to make it, it's, it's toxic. Um, studies have shown that 98% of people who have cancer have one or more root canals in their body. So it's, it's something to really consider. And work with a biological dentist, somebody who's certified, somebody who's the real deal, not just somebody who says, sure, I'll take out your fillings, but they don't really know what they're doing. Number six yeah. is to repair the body with therapeutic plants, which we, we talked about. And then number seven is to practice very early detection with um, you know, specific blood work and thermography and other, other tools like that. So there you have it, one through seven. Amazing. And so for you guys listening to find a biological dentist, um, you can check out the website iaomt.org. So iaom as in Mary, t as in tom.org, and that's a... Um, uh, trained biological dentist, and you can find one in your area. So awesome, Dr. V. Such a wonderful show. It's such a good show to, to come back and hit the ground running with, with some more shows. So I just thank you so much for your generosity and your time, and you know I really hear how passionate you are about this, and I know you're just helping so many women um, just have hope again. So thank you so much for your work, and where can people continue to follow you and the best way to keep up with what you're doing? Yeah, they can go to uh, Breast Cancer Conqueror, C-O-N-Q-U-E-R-O-R.com, and you can sign up for my newsletter. I'm hosting my first retreat, the Healing Diva Retreat, in the spring in May in awesome. Georgia, if they're interested in coming to connect with other women. And, of course, you can find me on Facebook and on Twitter. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being with us tonight. And I know it's late for you, so you got to go get some healing melatonin. You're on the East Coast, so have <laughs> a wonderful right. sleep. Yeah, thanks for joining us. <laughs> okay. Thanks for sharing my message of hope. I appreciate it. Yeah, we appreciate you. All right, you guys, that is our show. Thanks so much for listening. That was an awesome one. And please, please, please forward this to anyone who can really use this information. I know so many of you are dealing with this personally or know someone who is. So I think all of us know someone who's who's dealt with breast cancer. So please spread the word. This is amazing, life-saving information. Awesome show. And mark your calendars for next week's show. We're going to have Dr. Amy Myers on to talk about her new book, The Autoimmune Solution. So and it's going to be on her book release date, so next week on January 20th. And that's three days after my birthday, so I'll be a birthday girl on that show. Um, I decide to claim the whole month when it's my birthday, by the way. (laughs) Have a wonderful week, you guys. I will check you next week. Take care. And you can check me out on my website, drlaurennoel.com. Thanks, guys. Bye. North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's giving $1 for every pair sold up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good, and get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in stores only. Limit 10.